This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Hello, everybody. Today I've got Eat Like Ruby, the real Eat Like Ruby um, blue tick on on the podcast. And we're going to be talking about how she built her empire, that is. And we're also going to be talking about all the things that she's faced in business, which is kind of cool because her podcast is primarily about health and fitness, which is great. But I want to bring a new bit of content for you, basically. Let, let people in on what goes on behind the scenes. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Rubes. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. The rumors are true. She's excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. What I'd like to start the podcast off with is if we were at a dinner party right now. Oh, she's throwing me in the deep end. She's I need throwing, to switch on. Yeah, switch on. Come on. Um, if we were at a dinner party and I was like, you know, introduced you to a few people and then someone walked over to you and just stroke up a conversation. They're like, hey, I'm so-and-so. What is it that you do? What do you actually say? That's actually so funny. That's a cool question because I feel like for a long time I downplayed it. Yeah. Because I started originally um, in the health and fitness space as a personal trainer and that was literally 15 years ago and I have not PT'd on a gym floor since 2017, but probably up until last year I'd be like, oh, I'm just a PT. Mm. And I don't even really know why. I think when you build your own business, there's a little bit of... Like you downplay it? I don't know. I don't know why I did that for a long time, but I, I honestly would just be like, oh, I'm a personal trainer. Yeah. And and then I almost flick it back to them. What do you do? Tell me about you. <laughs> yeah. So strange how we do that. Yeah. Whereas I feel like I've really started to own it more in the last 12 months. And yeah, so now I would just say like, oh, I'm a nutritionist and a trainer. I've got an online business called Eat Like Ruby. And then people normally are so intrigued. Um, I think it's equal parts intrigue, equal parts help me with my diet. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But I feel like I've, yeah, I've started to own it more. Yeah. At what point do you say, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, I'm Insta famous. I'm a bad bitch. Um, I don't think I really dropped the Insta fame. Fair enough. No. Yeah. yeah. You just let them discover on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause for it's people probably who- not good for my marketing. No, it's going to ruin your brand. Look me up. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I know that you are very humble in your approach, very down to earth, but it is cool because you have actually built like quite the following. And I really want to go back to before you even kind of, before you had like your business, because did you actually, you were a PT and then you started your account and then while you were a nutrition student, is that correct? Yeah. Right. So what made you actually start the page? Yeah. So I literally have been a PT since 2008. I became a qualified PT and then just worked in the gym for a long time and started studying nutrition. I don't even know when I'd say about 2017. And I think in the years before that, when I was just PTing and stuff, I was quite young, like I was early twenties. And I think it was just cool to have a following. Like it was actually, Mm. you know, you were like, I want followers. And so I would just post typical kind of like gym pics. I feel like back in that time was when like hashtags were actually a thing. Yeah. Hashtag fitness account and all of that. (laughs) And I think um, I just naturally got quite a following through that. I think it was like back in the sort of Fitzbo days where like if you were fit and you were posting fitness stuff, people were following and finding it. Yeah. So I think I built that way 
being so young and naive and just being like, I want followers, I want likes to about like 10 or 11K mm-hmm. following. And then I remember like I sort of intentionally started posting like my foodie content in 20, 2017 or 2018. I don't know. It was around then. And um, being like, yeah, I'm going to speak a little bit more like to my actual what I do with my nutrition and everything. Like I, And I think that was around the time I just switched my Insta name. I actually couldn't tell you what prompted Eat Like Ruby, like yeah. the words itself. But then I was quite regularly posting foodie content and I already had about 10 or 11K. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to change it now. Like it started to become just a little bit known, like nothing crazy. But I was like, I was quite committed to the name then. And I, like, that's cool. I like the name, but I couldn't tell you like why I actually did that in the first place. So was it just Ruby Fraser before that? Yeah. Yep. And it was more kind of gym selfies, yeah. training stuff. And it was more like, I think typical, especially back then, like in your early twenties, it was like only the good pics and only the shredded pics. And I, like, I didn't post that often. It was just like, Oh, there's a good pic, put that up, yep. get all the likes, whatever. But I never used it with intention. Yeah, totally. So interesting. But so long ago now, it's so weird to think about that. Yeah, you are definitely an OG creator. Well, it's certainly an Instagram creator, which is cool. So when did you think, okay, I'm going to kind of try to monetize this or turn it into a business? Yeah, for sure. So I started posting my like food, like I switched to Eat Like Ruby and started sort of posting a bit more like informative content. Um, yeah, it would have been 2017. And that was when I had started studying nutrition as well. So it was sort of in line with each other, like, well, I'm studying this thing. And I'd, I'd obviously always been a big like passion alongside gym and whatever. So then I was like, yeah, I'm just going to make this a bit more resourceful. And I never had like a really clear plan of like, okay, I'll become an online coach and I'll, mm. you know, like I'll turn this into something. But I think it was always there. It was always underlying, like I want to speak about nutrition and teach people about nutrition through this page and then it just kept going and going and going and going (laughs) so crazy what do you think like for me because I I similar to the dinner party chat that you were saying like you know you mentioned I mentioned that I'm in podcasting and marketing and most people will kind of say can I have some advice on marketing because they've got this page they're building or this business that they're building and so I hear a lot of time like so often people are trying to build something within their platform whatever it maybe. And I'm curious to know your um, take on, okay, so what makes your kind of success and building an audience? Why do you think you were successful in building that audience as opposed to the, you know, everyday person who's like, I want to, you know, create travel content or foodie content and just ultimately get paid off that. Like, what do you think it is that actually made that difference for you? Yeah. I feel like there's so many things. So I think one of the first things to look at is like, it's literally been six years so like I started in 2017, we're now in 2023. And I think at this point in time, I've got maybe about like 43,000 followers. And that has really progressed over those years. Even um, I did like a, a little kind of, I don't even know what you would call it, like an intentional thing um, in November, 2021. We did like, I ate a donut a day for the month of November and sort of documented like what happened. And the reason I bring that up is because when I look back at the content, I had 18,000 followers on Insta at the time. So that's November, 2021. So it's like a year and a half ago. So 18,000 and then 43 now. So even then it's like, we went from nothing to 10,000 and then years later, 18,000 and then years later, you know, 30,000. And it's like been a very big process. It wasn't just like I went from 1,000 to 43,000. Totally. (laughs) Like such a process. And I think the other thing too is 
like within that, like on this, on a similar note, like so consistent, so consistent since 2017 with like informative, educational, valuable content, like sometimes three times a day, sometimes every third day. Like I don't really have a a clear thing like that, but I'd say as a whole, like five or six posts a week, giving people something for the most part, whether it's like a recipe or it's educational or it's a new, um, like a training workout or a tip or something like there's value in what we post and we post it five or six times a week for the last six years. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. So I think the mo- like that's the biggest shame about the rise in social media is that people look at it like, wow, it's easy, I guess. And that they don't expect the level of like dedication and consistency that it actually does take to, to build a following, which I'm so glad you mentioned. I also think it's super interesting just to reflect back, I guess, to you through the lens of like what I do with my clients is like a lot of businesses come to me. They're like, okay, we want to create, whether it's a podcast or content in general. And really what I do with them is essentially like make them unlearn everything they've learned about business and create content like a creator as opposed to a business. And I think the best, um, I guess, the most success you can have on a platform or within a business using social media, you reverse engineer like everyone's success like yours and you just see, well, they did it for the creation of the content first and did that relentlessly for ages and then the monetization came, which is cool. Yeah, for sure. Even like on that note, when I look back over the history of everything, I literally did my first sort of eat like Ruby foodie post. It was in April 2017. And then I had my first paying client in August the next year. So Mm -hmm. I literally did like a year and a half of showing up, like we said, five or six times a week, whatever, for no, you know, quote, return on investment at the time. And I've always just been a worker. I've always just got shit done like yeah whatever but I wasn't really doing it in the sense of like this will pay off one day this will pay off one day but it was more just like this is what I do this is what I eat this is what I think this is literally just my life I'm going to show up with it every day and then obviously there was underlying things of like it it will go somewhere eventually but it wasn't like when can I get the first client yeah you know what I mean that was kind of like the byproduct of 18 months of just doing my thing yeah how did it feel when you've got that first client? Yeah, that was so cool. I remember like, I think I ran, it was like an eight week program or eight week challenge, whatever I called it at the time. And I don't, can't even remember really how I advertised it or whatever. And I had four girls sort of over the time reach out and do it. So I remember having these four girls and I think they literally paid like one ninety nine each or something like it was about $25 a week, which is just wild. <laughs> But at the time, like amazing. I was just like, oh my God, like here's four people that want to pay me $25 a week that trust me. Like they've followed me. They, they're picking up what I'm putting down, whatever. Like they actually want to invest in me and my business. It was like, oh my God. So crazy. And I remember like doing these four girls like for eight weeks and just, just, and, and honestly navigating that whole thing. Like, okay, I had a page and now it's kind of a business and now I, like, how do I run this? And I just like navigated it all as I went. Yeah. What was the industry doing at that time? Was it Kayla at Cena's? Like, yeah. was that her prime time or do you remember what was going on? Um, I don't remember like, you know, all the names and that. I feel like there were the people with massive followings like yeah. her. Like yeah. there was those few people that literally just had hundreds of thousands of followers. But then like online coaching itself wasn't a thing. Like yeah. I feel like now a lot of 
trainers and all that have gone online like it's it's a massive thing but at the time it was like you're either like a big you know like literally like Michelle Bridges and that yeah. sort of vibe. like you're a big somewhat famous person or that's it yeah yeah like there wasn't the middle ground I think yeah totally whereas now it yeah it does feel like it's kind of like every PT has their page that they're building and then ultimately getting clients from yeah. which is cool I think it's cool as well because you have got like both the PT and I, I know this is kind of like not standard but common in terms in terms of like in your industry but the PT element and then the nutrition element is like you've just basically got everything you need to know if you want to change your physique I'm actually the whole package you're the big deal and <laughs> that's what's working giving off big brain energy yeah but you know on that note I think there I mean my listeners know that I often talk about like the internal big brand energy and the external big brand energy. So obviously when you saw your followers start to shift and change and like actually catch on those signups were happening, you're probably starting to see evidence of, wow, like this is a thing. Yeah. And I'm sure there's been a lot of different upgrades in that sense since you've started, of course. But what do you think like, you know, has challenged you internally to be like, you know, a lot of people refer to it as imposter syndrome and like what challenges behind the scenes have you faced since like that evolution of your business? Um, that's really cool. I feel like if anything, I have faced that more recently by going to like podcast and YouTube and being seen in so many ways. I feel like when you have an Instagram account, you can almost hide behind it. And even especially back when it started, I don't even know if like Instagram stories were really a thing. No, they weren't until Snapchat yeah started doing them I think yeah yeah so you would kind of just I would just post a picture of my dinner and write some write a caption and that was it like I could have run that page for a long time with people actually not knowing who Ruby was yeah do you know what I mean and even now I still could like you could run a foodie page and never know who is the person behind the food people do that yeah yeah and so I felt like the more I like as when I launched my podcast and then YouTube and then all of these other things I was like okay like this is a company now and I'm people are watching me from all these places and like it I don't know you just feel quite seen and you just like I don't even know what it is like not that I want to shut down my business but I'm like if I just wanted to to walk away I probably couldn't or wouldn't or you just feel like you've taken it to that new place and it's like I think for me even too with that whole thing we spoke about at the start of like I'm just a PT it was very much in the mindset of like this is just my side hustle yeah and especially because I had a gym like a job on the gym floor for a long time while I built it I would downplay it and just, oh, it's just a side hustle or whatever. And like, you know, if I get a lot of clients and it has a good few weeks, that's awesome. But equally, if it doesn't, that's totally fine. Like no one's depending on this, whatever. Like it was just really that chilled vibe. But then when you're like, okay, cool, I'm going to invest in a podcast and invest in this and invest in that. You're like, okay, like this is serious now. (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally. And I, I think, you know, I speak about that at length because it's like the more, I guess, you put on the line for your brand, the more access people have to you, which is a super positive thing for the benefit of your brand because you're building that relationship with your audience and they're therefore going to be a whole lot more loyal. But then there's the the other side of that where it's like, this is actually kind of fucking vulnerable. And, yeah. you know, I'm being really exposed and it tests you in, in so many different ways. And I know for those who are, if I haven't said this, <laughs> Ruby does record her podcast here, so we edit it <laughs> on Track Studio. Um, and so therefore I'm familiar with her content and, she did an episode on, you know, her story of losing her dad. So I want to talk to talk about that. So like, yeah, what was that like for you to basically open up in a whole new way in front of 
you know, all of your entire audience, like what did, what, what came through? What was the experience like for you? Yeah, that's, it was really interesting because like I said, you, you were like, I essentially could just be a foodie behind the scenes and never really have to be. I think like even coming back to what I just said, it is like the vulnerability is the big thing. Cause you're mm. like, I'm just actually out there. Like I'm putting myself out there and you know, people can say what they want <laughs> and it's scary. So I think, yeah, that was it. And then obviously like a whole new level of vulnerability when I recorded that podcast and there were so many things to it. Like I had worked through so much personally and was in such a great place with my dad and I would like with losing my dad and I'd say that was really why I did it. I was like, I have actually just been through this wild thing and I've come out the other side and it was just important for me to do it for myself. But then there was absolutely parts where I'm like, well, people listen to you for nutrition and training. Like, honestly, like my thought was would be like, no one cares about your, your dad dying. Do you know mm. what I mean? And not, not in a rude way, but it's like, we don't listen to you for that, Ruby. Like, we want to hear about mm. how you can help us with our diet and that sort of thing. And then equally to, I think there's an element to it where you're like, I do run all these containers and these clients and these programs and all these things. I'm the, you know, air quotes leader. Can I be a leader if I'm vulnerable? Like if I'm going to go on a podcast and be tearing up and talking about how much I struggled and all these things, can I then step, step back into my business and lead people who have seen you in that different light? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying at all that you can't, like you've probably got so much to say on that, but I think you go through those thoughts before you do it. And you're like, should I do this? Like, is, are people going to see me differently? Are they going to, it's not even like think less of me, but it's just like, oh, maybe she's not the strong powerhouse that can carry us all through a training program or whatever that we thought, even totally. though like one actually has nothing to do with the other. <laughs> oh, you're preaching to the choir. And I mean, like I see this through line for myself and for my clients across it all. Like, I think I have a cool belief that we believe that we are like strong, independent, you know, boss ass women or creators or whatever, men, whatever it is. And to the outside, like whenever we talk about things, like we see people vulnerably share or we listen to a heartfelt podcast or whatever it is, we say like, we admire that person and like mad respect to you, but then you go to do it. And suddenly you're like faced with the fact that, wow, maybe I actually see like, why am I feeling weak? by being vulnerable and you're completely tested and yeah, it's an initiation for sure. And I think that it's not easy to do. And when you, when you do it, you're like, shit, that was like actually quite challenging. But we were talking before about what it was like in terms of like, what response did you get from your audience? And it's, and we were relating about how, you know, you put your heart out there and you're kind of like, what do I want from this? Do I want everyone to be like, Oh my gosh, like that was huge. And like, this is, this is my response getting DMS and stuff like that. Not really. You kind of just want it to be cash. And then on the other side, you're like, I don't want no one to respond respond at all like uh, uh, it did this mean anything to anyone because it meant so much to me yeah and yeah I guess like one thing I think from my own experience is when you do something like that it's kind of nice to prove to yourself that the world's not going to end by you like (laughs) doing something that's like a little bit edgy and it's cool that's so true I remember when I like um that episode was coming out and I was like should I cancel it? Like, should I literally, she's like, oh, sorry, and get her to just, to just stop it. Like, we just won't do it. It's unnecessary. Like, we'll just keep teaching people about nutrition or whatever. Like, you just want to bring it back. It's like, you've gone to, like, you've pushed an edge and then you're like, no, 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 let's just pull it back. <laughs> totally. And like, it's, and I just think for the creators listening, like, 
let the record show that this is just your mind playing tricks on you. Like, you know, you're going to convince yourself that it's not on brand. It just doesn't make sense for you to put out kind of content like that, but it is just fear. And like, even with the episode I put out, that's literally called fear is fuel, which you would have listened to before this one. Like I was like, nah, it's not on brand for me to share. Like it doesn't make sense. Even though behind closed doors with clients, I'm, I'm like, you know, sort of inspiring them to share, push that edge. And then even me, I'm like, nah, it doesn't really make sense for me. (laughs) little do we know that like that is just our ego playing tricks which is just nice to know that even a big dog like yourself actually had that like spiraling (laughs) moment yeah for sure and I think it's even funny to think about the title of your episode being like fear is fuel because that's what I was going to say it it almost goes full circle because you do see yourself as this leader and this badass and I can do all these crazy things I don't want my audience to see me being vulnerable and and going through something like that. But I would say for myself, it was the fact that I went through something like that that led me to be a leader and a bad bitch and be able to run a company and all those things. Like you go through crazy shit in your life and you learn and you grow whatever and you're like, now I'm here, but I don't want them to know how I got here. Totally. It's like secret. (laughs) It's it's such an interesting concept. And it's like, do I want people to think that it's just been all like sunshine and rainbows yeah. since the day I was born and I run this, you know, million dollar company, but I never have a bad day. Totally. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was, it was interesting to witness the fact that my fear wasn't, it was kind of like, I didn't want people to think that I was in, in victim. Yeah. That was actually my fear. I'm like, I don't want you to think that I am a victim to my circumstance because I would hate that. That's my worst fear. But it's just like the irony of it is, is that sharing something like that proves that you're not in victim because, you know, what was your biggest, what do you actually, if you were to really think about like, what am I fearing that people see? Is it just, I think it would be like, um, the, the leader piece, like you're not a leader. Like you've, you've just, yeah. I don't know. Why do you think that is? Did you, do you think on some level you're like vulnerability is weakness? Yeah. Like it was definitely like that. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I know. Yeah. And then like you said, when you hear anyone else do it, you think it's awesome. (laughs) Totally. Totally. And it completely tests you, which is so cool. But yeah, I mean, I know like we've already talked about this, so I'm not going to pretend like, oh my gosh, (laughs) did you have any audience response? Like, you know, we know that you ended up really connecting with your audience over that piece of content, which is so cool, which is why I'm so big on like, you know, multi-dimensional platforms. So you can actually connect in different ways yeah, as opposed to just over what you know, it's like who you are, which is actually a really fulfilling thing. Yeah. I think like, as people definitely reached out and there were a lot of people that reached out that were like, Oh, I went through a similar thing. Like it was so cool to hear your story and even people, yeah, just people reaching out in so many different ways. And I even like referenced um, my dad, dying he was a runner and now I've got like a running goal and heaps of people have been like I love hearing about the running goal and the updates and I think it just yeah it's it's kind of just people feel more connected to the human it's like oh yeah there's eat like ruby but then there's actually ruby yeah like in that business do you know what I mean and obviously they're so intertwined but I think yeah it's it's opened up that um, space for people to just be like Oh, I'm going to just reach out to the actual human behind this thing. Like she's not just a calorie counting machine. Totally. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because one thing I've personally been going through lately is because I'm obviously really um, into personal brands and like doing all the work to like- You are? You've, you, you've not heard? But like, you know, doing all the work to actually market yourself and like build, build an online presence is what I do. <laughs> so I've been actually thinking, okay, well, what is there? Is there? And what is, if there is- the difference between 
like you, your identity and your brand's identity? Like, do you struggle to differentiate the two? Um, I think I took a long time. It's probably even like lines up with everything I said. Took a long time to get to a point where I would just show something from my personal life. And it was a, a bit of a thing of like, no one cares. Like people just want the recipes or they want the training program or they want whatever. Like no one wants to see a photo of your dog or no one wants to know what you did on the weekend or whatever. Funny that that was a thing because we all know Nutella's the true star here, <laughs> yes. which is Ruby's dog. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because I was so mindful of that and just like, oh, will my engagement go down if if it's boring or I'm not bringing value or whatever. But I think it's just opens up a whole different space where it has for me anyway, where people are really connecting. Like I, even um, in recent weeks, I've done a lot of video calls with girls that are coming into my new program. And so many of them, like we get on the call and it's like, kind of like nice to meet you vibes, but also like, I know your dog, I know your boyfriend. I listen to you in my headphones twice a week, every week. (laughs) Yes. It's yeah. They're like, Oh yeah, I know Ruby. Yeah. Like Ruby with Nutella, the dog and her partner Shaq, and she lives on the coast and she goes to this gym and she goes, gets coffee from here. Yes. <laughs> yes, totally. It's just, it's yeah. And I think if you think about that, like with coaching and like with my business, especially like for some programs, like for one-on-one programs, we charge thousands of dollars. And I think that there's an element there where it's like, imagine if you didn't post all of that stuff consistently and people didn't feel like they knew you and then you just post a story that's like oh join this thing for two thousand dollars like would you give two thousand dollars to someone you didn't know probably not and it's funny because people really if we think about it do give that to me now and probably without even realizing like the underlying thing there is like there's there's a level of like no one trusts yeah Yeah. like i know ruby and i trust ruby and it's almost again it's so like subconscious but it's like they know where their money's going. Like if a random Instagram account opened up right now and put on their story, click this link to pay me $2,000. It's giving spam. Yeah. And you'd be like, I actually don't know where my money's going. Literally. Like, no trust. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really, that's such an element that people, that I definitely disregarded for a long time. It was like, people just want the education and the, that sort of value from me. But I think yeah, I think you've got to have the balance. Totally. Do you think, can you think of pinpoint like a time in, in your business life that you were like, I back that investment, whether it be time or money that you decided to do for your business or for yourself. That is like, yeah, that actually, I didn't know at the time, but the return on investment on that thing has been so worth it. Me investing in something. Yeah, whether it's time or money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely the potty. And not even, this is not even scripted, but. <laughs> wow. Cool. Definitely like, and I would say like this time last year, like you and I met around this time last year, which is crazy. Yeah. Happy it? anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like we haven't stopped talking since. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like when I. Before I met you, I genuinely thought like a podcast was just like a random thing that you did on the side Mm. of your business. Like I really honestly thought that and I'd listen to lots of them and whatever, but I, I, yeah, I can't even explain to you. I was like, it's just such a random thing that people do on the side when they want to crap on. Yeah. And then when I actually, (laughs) which not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. But like that, I thought it literally begun and ended there. Yeah. Okay. And then when I met you, (laughs) just like so clearly fucking passionate about podcasting 
to the point where I was like, what is with this chick? Like, what? Yeah. You actually own a podcast studio? Like, who, who does wants that? to go there and do that? <laughs> Apparently I do. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, like, and, and then you were just speaking to podcasting so much. And I think definitely um, around that same time I met Riley and I know she's been on your podcast and stuff. And I think she even maybe referenced it on your podcast, but she said to me last year, like, the amount of people that have come into my world for paid programs and stuff that reference the podcast as the place they found me. She's like, it's mind blowing. Like you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. And, um, and then you were obviously just so passionate about podcasting and definitely bringing up elements to it that I never even considered. So I just started to think about it in a bit of a different way. And then obviously at the end of last year, we're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's have a crack and whatever. And Again, I think there's even something in that where I've done a weekly episode ever since. Yeah. So I didn't just do two episodes and be like, oh, I didn't fucking work. Totally. Like, so I've done weekly episodes now, I think probably about four months. I think we're up to about episode 20. Yeah. And absolutely just honestly between people DMing on Instagram, people in my community Facebook group, literally I shit you not people walking up to me at the gym just everywhere people being like oh my god the podcast like I love the podcast or like I feel like you're speaking directly to me so many people say that yeah and even with um the program I I spoke about before where I did all the one-on-one calls last week it's quite a different program like I've bought in something new we're running it a bit differently like it was it was a somewhat risky move for me but I genuinely believed in this program and spoke to it so much on the podcast and then as I got on the calls with all these girls they were just like as soon as I heard the podcast I knew I needed this so it's like I think it's one thing to do an Instagram post or some stories or whatever and be like this is what this program is but to then just literally riff for 20 or 30 minutes on like this is what it is this is why I'm doing it this is why I believe in it this is what you'll gain for it like I think you can just tell people so many things you otherwise wouldn't be able to tell them totally agree like obviously I, I completely agree <laughs> <Mic drop. laughs> but what I find interesting is the fact that I know that you are someone who invests in business coach mindset coaches and stuff like that and I think what's interesting is I think <laughs> you've actually won I've actually won yeah um, I picked you over so, them yeah no but like what I think is interesting is I think because I'm a, I also invest in a business coach and um, have done mindset coaching and stuff in the past and I think it can be one of those things that people I certainly in this day and age are super keen to invest in to you know because they know the benefit of of that to invest in yourself and then to ultimately get you know your audience to invest in you but what I think is super interesting and what I know to be true is like it would be cool if people started instead of investing only in themselves but also invest in their audience doing a podcast and yeah. it doesn't have to be at on track studios like yes it does it does yeah get in here. fine print but like pay it doesn't pay in full vibes only yeah <laughs> but like you know even just to like that time investment that you put into your audience it's received yeah because it's like you know and we should actually probably unpack like the things that you know what you thought a podcast would involve versus what's actually involved to have that level of like connection with your audience. It's not as easy as you once thought, right? No way. Yeah. So much harder than I thought. And I'm probably not selling podcasting. But <laughs> no, but I think it's important. I think it's important. I want people to know because it's the worst thing I, I would like. The worst thing that they could do is like invest in a podcast and think, sweet, I'm done. But it's like, actually, no, there is so much time and effort that needs to go into a good, well-produced podcast. Yeah. And, and it probably ties in with what I said before, where like, I just thought it was like, get on the mic and crap on. Mm. So then when I came in here for the first time and then I'm like, 
fuck, what do I crap on about? Like, <laughs> yeah, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. What do I say? And I think, especially when you solo F as well, like it's not a conversation like this. You're just like going and going and going and going. You're like, shit, is anyone yeah. picking this up? Am I making sense? Have I spiraled? Like, where am I going with this? There's so much to it. And then I think too, there's a strategic element where it's like, well, what is available in my business right now? What programs are we running or whatever? Like, there's no point me doing six podcasts talking about training in the gym and then being like, oh, I'm actually fully booked for gym training for 12 months. Yeah. It actually doesn't make sense. Totally. So you, I think there's so many elements where you're like strategically what makes sense. And then like organically, what do I actually believe in? What do I speak to? Well, like there's some episodes where I've been like, I, I know like, the topic of this but there's no script there's no points whatever because I just know that when I go I'll go yeah like this is my jam (laughs) totally so I think there's got to be different elements like that where it is planned but then it's not forced and totally makes sense it does and I think as well like you and I both probably have had this experience with our podcast it's like you know it's one thing to say I'm going to launch this program or do this offer and then but I think the the podcast can be a catalyst to actually discover, okay, what is lighting me up and what will I deliver with like conviction and like, what do I actually want to speak to? And then it can actually inform what you're putting out and make you enjoy your business more and vice versa. It's like your business can actually, if you tie the two together, which is obviously why you hired me, because that's what it makes it worth it when you actually leverage your podcast and it allows you to get clarity on what you're offering in your business and make it so it's all kind of working for you as opposed to, you know, some people, their content plan is just to, I need to get out three posts this week. And it's like, even if you just take the psychology of what it takes to build a podcast and do it for Instagram, it would have so much better effect than just posting. Yeah. Like I think podcasting makes you be better. Yeah. As a content creator. Yeah. Because you actually can't get away with just like taking a pic and putting a caption anymore. Yeah, yeah. And that was the thing, like I said before, you can almost hide behind an Instagram page. Yeah. Like just so up your pics and run off. Yeah. And even even on that same note, like I said, where I kind of went through that thing of feeling like really vulnerable and seen because like on Insta, you don't really get like a thumbs down or a, yeah. a dislike or if someone does leave a dirty comment, you just delete it, whatever. But I feel like when you go to the levels of like podcast and YouTube and all that, you're obviously just opening up space for people to leave comments or like give you a one-star rating on your podcast, like whatever it is, like you've got to be able to like hold yourself at that whole new level, I think. Yeah. Have you had any negative feedback? Um, I get random comments on YouTube, just people saying weird things. Why would you eat that? And it's like, well, the video is actually about why I ate that. Have you yeah. watched the video? Yeah, <laughs> I actually gave the context it's in the video. kind of the point. Yeah. Yeah, somebody gave my podcast a one-star before any episodes launched. Okay. Yeah. So we, we announced the podcast mid-December. First episode came out in January. Late December, we had a one-star rating. We've got a hater. So shout out to them. Yeah. You're fueling my fear. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so, but did it rock you at all? Um, I think I was like, what the actual fuck? Yeah. Can you not? But then I think, again, you, you just have to kind of go through that and be like, I am actually on this level now. And that's pro- that was probably part of me feeling the way I was feeling because you're like, can I do all these things? Like I said, we run programs and we make big money and we do all these amazing things and we get people walking up to me in the gym, like fangirling the podcast or whatever. Can it be okay that one person gave it one star? Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, given you bloody health and fitness inspo, yeah, okay. with like your journey in business and or content creation, what similarities do you draw from like 
health and fitness and your journey there. This is so cool because I've been thinking about this so much lately. I think about it a lot too. Yes. Okay. So like things that people are maybe doing right or wrong with nutrition and training and their business. Like yeah. Similarities. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've been thinking about this big time because there's one thing that really comes to mind and I feel like from a marketing place, you'll agree 1 million percent. I think I will as well. I hope you do. Otherwise, we'll be awkward. Otherwise, we'll be, yeah. So one thing I see with nutrition, especially, is people like say starting a diet on a Monday and they might stick to it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then they, you know, air quotes fall off track by Thursday or whatever. And then what is really common to see there, and this is the thing I'm talking about, is they then might spend like Thursday researching and planning and like, you know, logging, like looking up recipes and putting them in my fitness pal and making a meal plan and looking up workouts, doing all the things. Then Friday, they might be like, I'm going to go and buy all the food and I'm going to come home and I'm going to clean out the fridge and I might even go buy a new active wear or whatever. Like I'm getting hyped up to go again Saturday morning. Like I'll get up and I might get some of that food ready and make sure everything's hundred percent ready to go for Monday. Like I'm fucking starting on Monday, go, go, go. And then it's like Saturday night, I can go out and do what I want because I'm starting on Monday. Sunday, I do what I want because I'm starting on Monday. And then they repeat that cycle. And then they genuinely run a story and they, for most people, they believe it of like, I'm constantly working on this thing and I'm not getting the return. And it's like, no, you spent three days doing the work and then you spent four days planning to do the work, but not actually doing it. And I see this so often with nutrition and and we see it with business as well. And it's like the underlying thing is almost like, you know, I'm spending so much time, energy, thoughts, et cetera, on this thing. Surely that's enough. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's not. Because if we actually do the math, you spent more time not doing the thing, even though on like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you were planning, you were shopping, you were prepping, you were getting ready to go. You didn't go. Yeah. Like you weren't actually doing the thing. Yeah. And if we look at that over, like I said, over a week, you've spent more time not moving than you've spent moving and then over a year and whatever. So it's like people have this story that's like, I'm always like, I spend so much time dieting and same thing in business. Like I'm always working in my business. And it's like, you might spend a 10 hour day in Canva making slides and then you posted those slides once. And then you're like, oh my God, I spent so much time working on that thing and no one bought it because you posted it once. People genuinely believe that they're doing the thing. Yeah, it's like, totally. well, I spent fucking 10 days, oh, 10 hours on the laptop or I spent, you know, all day shopping and food prepping. But or talking a, about it even. Yeah. Talking about it with people. such a big, that, that is a great point, like talking because people are constantly like in their work tea rooms or talking to their friends and family, whatever, like I've got this new diet thing, rah, rah, rah. And it's like, there's a very big difference between planning the work and actually executing and doing the work. Totally agree. And And I think in business, it's such a big one as well, because like I said, people are designing the program and they're designing the canvas slides and they're doing all those things. And we see people spend fucking 16 hour day in Canva on the size of the font. Totally. And then they post this story once and no one bought my offer and I spent 16 hours on that. And it's like, there's a big disconnect there. Yeah. There's something to imperfect action is way more. You're getting like a hundred percent further. If you, if you like do, you execute at 80%. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. might not be your best day of eating, but at least you're actually tracking now or at least you're whatever. And the same thing for business. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's just so true. Like with my own business, we have, I have a 10 week program that I've run three times. We run it at the back end of last year um, very start of this year and it's starting again on Monday. So we run it three times. 
I've used the same Canva slides all three times. They've literally just got a few foodie pics, description of the program, whatever. And I made them one day in Canva in September last year. And we have posted them every second day for the last eight months. And full, I'm going to go full honesty. I never really talk about this shit. The three rounds of that program have made $150,000. Love that. Six Canva slides. So if you're sitting there thinking your Canva has to be perfect or your designs have to be perfect in order to make money, evidence or, yeah. not true. <laughs> or like we, you know, imagine if I ran that once and then when we came into the second round, I was like, we need to rebrand. We need, everything needs to be bigger and better and rah, rah, rah. And don't get me wrong. There's definitely space for that in business. Like it's big brand energy. Yes. <laughs> but if it's a cog block, like I'm actually going to spend four weeks in Canva working on these slides or whatever program you use or whatever you do, that could have been four weeks of simply just posting the fucking slides and getting people in. Like imagine that if I had to spend all that time prepping to sell that program instead of selling that and, program. Yeah, and energetically you're just getting just as exhausted as if you were actually posting it, if not more. Yeah. Because you think it's actually taking more time and all the things. I, and that's where people run the story of like, I'm working so hard, I'm doing so much and it's not paying off. Totally. Because you're working in the wrong area. Like if you do spend four weeks building something behind the scenes that no one knows about, no one can buy, by the end of that four weeks, you're exhausted and you're like, no one's fucking even bought it. And it's like, you haven't sold it. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, yeah, I think that is just so true. It's like people actually plan their content, post their content, but like, and they're like, I, you know, focus so much on marketing. Instagram doesn't work for me. It's, you know, social media is a waste of time, all the things. Well, if you actually paid for the education of like my head at the camera (laughs) um angle on ruby for that one thank you (laughs) but yeah no i think you know if you actually pay to actually get educated and it's like what you say it's like you know the google maps analogy i love it's like you know you actually you say your google maps analogy shit now i've got to think of it yeah so when you go somewhere for the first time ideally we have a passenger with google maps in the passenger seat being in the scenario like a coach or a mentor or whatever like Mm. they're the google map and then the more you go there and the more you drive there the less you actually need that person and then i think the way i describe that analogy like the sort of cool point to get to is like i don't need anyone to come i don't need the map i know how to get here but who do i want in the car exactly who's gonna actually just make it a better trip yeah Yeah. and that is just yeah, I, I relate to that so much, especially because what we both things with that we teach is so tangible. It's like you can actually learn how to market yourself and then go off, but you might choose for the creative gain to have someone in your corner to help you with things and like inspire you and build momentum. Same thing for nutrition. It's like, yeah, you can actually now you're educated, but you might want someone to just refine your training or yeah. just refine your diet to like optimally eat. It's a pretty cool place to be. Yeah, I think so. And I think, like I said, with the, um, I feel like we're dabbling in multi-combos, but it's fine. Yeah, they can keep up. (laughs) With, um, like what I said about using those same slides and stuff, it's really interesting because, like I said, that program is going to run again next week. And then I'm actually doing a rebrand in May and June and everything. And there was definitely an element where over the last few weeks, I've been like, okay, this is the last time we'll use these slides. This is the <laughs> last time we'll run this program this way. And that can be fine. Like, but actually just keep showing up and doing the work. And when I look at that, and I guess like my industry and every industry probably has its peaks and troughs or whatever. Winter is somewhat quiet. Like say May, June, July is just normally a bit more of a quiet time in the nutrition and training industry. And so when I look at that and I think like, okay, cool. Like 
if I've made these slides and they took me one hour and then I've run this program three times and equally, like I said, $150,000 worth of people invested into that program. I now have the role of showing up and actually delivering on that program and helping those people with nutrition and training. Imagine if I'm like, oh, the meal plans aren't ready because the fucking font's the wrong size. Exactly. Like you've missed the mark again. You've got these people that have bought into your world and you've got the skill and everything to help them. And again, you're, you're cookbooking on these small things. And the point that I was trying to get to is like, for me, like I've done that three times. So many girls have come in, they've killed it. Like it's, it's worked so well. And then equally I reach a point where I'm like, okay, May, June, July, we will rebrand. We will like, yeah, pull those stories down. And finally, you guys will get to stop seeing the stories Yeah, <laughs> and we'll fine tune all those things. And then we'll probably go again. And I think even if you look at that, it's like, okay, so I spent nine or 10 months in the front of my business, like working, advertising, selling, helping people, running programs, doing all the things. And then we spend two months behind the scenes, getting it ready and we go again. Yeah. And I think if we look at that, most people are probably doing the other way around. Totally. And I think that's, <laughs> that is exactly it. I think you need to focus on like, you know, get proof of concept, focus on what they're buying, not how it looks. Yeah. Deliver actually good shit and then, you know, get the feedback, get, no, it's good. And then refine it and then make it it. Yeah. 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 I even ran a program in August last year and it was just something that it came to me and I was like, I've got this fucking program here. I want these girls in. And it literally sold like it was the quickest process and it sold and it filled and everything. And I said to the girls, first of all, it didn't even have a name. And when they bought in, they got an email and it said, you're such a bad bitch. You've joined this program so quickly. It doesn't even have a name yet. That was the email that they they joined. And then I had in the back end of my system, you know, we've got obviously like nutrition and training resources or whatever. And we were in the process then of changing everything from different colors and to get everything in there for them, I had to just like drop and drag all different colored content. And the point I'm trying to get is like, there was like shit that was like fuchsia pink with like curly fonts. There was orange shit with like a bold font. There was blue stuff. Like the back end of this program was a hot mess, but like the nutrition and training content was fire. Yeah. Which is what they want. Yeah. And I said to these girls, disregard the colors and the aesthetics, meal plans, recipes, training program, everything's in there. Like, let's go. I'm here. Like, imagine again, you've got girls that have bought in and paid four figures to be in a program and they've got nutrition and training questions and they want to get on a call and talk to you about it. And you're like, oh, I'm actually busy, like changing the font. There's so much to that. There is so much to that because I really feel like for me, even like, the way I showed up in my business for, you know, the last three years versus the last six, three to six months is like so different. And it's like the amount of time I wasted on the things that I thought (laughs) mattered and like even so much, like I've always been big on valuable content, but even yeah, the aesthetic and all of that kind of thing. It's just like, no, actually people care about what you've got to say. And then once you've proved that, yeah, exactly. Once you've actually earned their respect in that way, they a value you a lot more and b you're allowed to then refine the the shit, make you look like a a badass and get that big brand energy. But this is the thing, (laughs) big brand energy is not what you look like. Like, yeah, it's not graphic design. No, that is awesome. And I love that. Yeah. And I love high quality video content. I love it all. That's like literally my background. But what I find is like, if you do that without the, you know, the actual substance, substance behind you, it's all for nothing. Yeah. And like hundred percent, that is the biggest thing that people get wrong, I think in business. And that's what I always think to myself, like are people buying into Ruby, the nutritionist or Ruby, the graphic designer? 
Yeah. Like I'm not a graphic designer. Yeah. I use Canva once every six months. Yeah. (laughs) So cool. I love that. And I think it's just, um, and then like, like you said, those things are awesome. Like good quality graphic design, all that is awesome. And I think it needs to come from intentional places. Like I said, I look at my year as a whole and I'm like, when do I need to be up the front in my business, actually helping people with nutrition and training? And then when does it make sense for me to go behind the scenes and refine other things that totally. I want to work on and yeah. making sure like it's planned and it, and it makes sense. So you're actually delivering in the right way at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can get caught up in like actually bypassing the service you're offering yeah. by focusing on the aesthetic. And it's just like, yeah. And that just comes from need to prove energy. And it's like, you know, you, your business isn't going to take off if you're actually not providing the service that people want and need and giving them the transformation, which should be the focus of your business. Yeah. And that's sure. where your brand should come from. Not yeah. the other way around. So true. Fucking God, we're good. Um, okay. So my question is who inspires you? You know, you get up, you fucking show up for your business every day. You show up for yourself, you show up for your health, you show up for your relationship. Like what inspires you to do that? Yeah. Or what's your take on inspiration? Cause I do know you have a little bit of something to say about that. I've, I've obviously drawn inspiration from things like my dad and all of that. Um, even like my dad as a person was a super hard worker and I truly believe like if I was to be able to call my dad right now and be like, I've built my own booming company, he'd be like, like that would be the best thing ever. Yeah. Um, like that was the shit that he was always really impressed with and proud of and whatever. Yeah. Um, so that definitely inspires me. But I think even more so just kind of losing him and it sounds so cliche, but I think when you've actually been through it, you see it on a whole new level. It's that real, like, you actually don't know when your time will be up. You actually don't know what the fuck's going to happen next. Like, it, it, you see that on a whole nother level and you just, like, it really did just light a fire under me to be like, let's actually go. Like, I'm not going to, like, go to a job that I hate nine to five and twiddle my thumbs and bitch to people and then eat shit and bitch about my weight. And, like, I just... It might sound super negative and, and probably getting off topic and whatever, but there was absolutely part of me that when I was about like 29, um, and right now I'm going to be 32 soon, my dad died at 56. And I remember thinking to myself, and this might sound crazy, but it, it, it you know, I used it as a good thing. If I go the same way, I'm over halfway. Mm. <laughs> like, and if I'm over halfway, there's no way I'm going to go and sit and do shit for someone else for nine hours a fucking day. Seeing how shit can just change or, you know, whatever. I was just like, I just need to make the most of it, really. Yeah. Like I actually just want to build a life that I fucking love and make the most of it and, yeah. That is – I love that answer. Yeah, and even with the whole sort of motivation thing, like you said and stuff, you just need to be so clear on your goal. And what I mean by that is, like, I would question you, do you have to wonder if you're going to wake up to be motivated to run your podcast studio tomorrow. Absolutely not. Like I'm just waking up and running my podcast studio. It's actually just what I do. Yeah. (laughs) like It's a part of my identity. Yeah. I've never hoped that it works or Or I work. Yeah. Or like, hopefully I am motivated to go tomorrow. Like, of course I'm fucking going tomorrow because I own a podcast studio and that's what I want to do. Like, again, let's actually go. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think Obviously, I get it all the time in nutrition and training where people are like, how do I stay motivated? And I'm like, you've got to be so clear on like what it is you want. Like not just a like, oh, I'd like to lose weight or like I should go to the gym. Like again, you're not like, oh, I wouldn't mind working for myself. You're like, no, I actually want to like own a podcast. You didn't help people with marketing. Like you're so clear 
on the thing. And then it's almost just subconsciously reverse engineered where you're like, well, then I need to do X, Y, Z tomorrow and the next day and next week and next month or whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally. I, and it's the same for me. Like I never wake up. Like, hopefully I feel like working and eat like Ruby today. I wake up literally like four o'clock in the morning. Like, right, what are we doing today? Yeah. What actually has to happen here today? I love that. And it's, yeah, it's so clear that you're exactly, you're like that. And it's so beautiful that you've been able to turn that like horrible time of losing your dad into such a positive thing in your life. Yeah. And that was even one thing. Um, I think I said it on my own podcast. And again, some people might take these things in like a a negative way but to me they're the total opposite where I was just like okay like I did go through that thing it was shitty whatever what can I do to build a life that is essentially good enough to make up for it and Mm. I'm not going to say that something is going to make up for my dad dying but if I I'm going to wake up every day and be like, yeah, okay, shit, that did happen. What else can I think about? Like, I didn't want to wake up and just be like, okay, my dad died, poor me. That's your story. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's true. But also like, I've got a great partner. I've got a great company. I've got a great dog. I've got got a great great podcast. I've got a great podcast manager. (laughs) Like all of these things where, yeah, that was like my inspiration was just like, there's got to be enough good to outweigh this bad. Yeah. And there absolutely is right now. And Again, people might be like, how could you say like something makes up for your dad dying? But it's not like that to me. It's not tit for tat. It's just like that was the reality. And how can I get on and how have can a great you honor, life? Like how can him. I move forward? Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, imagine if it's been seven years and he's like, oh, Ruby's still sitting on the couch doing fuck all. Yeah. Playing the dead dad card. Yeah. No, thanks. No, thank you. No. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. <laughs> and I just, you know, some people, obviously everyone goes through that process differently, but to me that was just how it was. Yeah. I love that. And I think now you're the inspiration for so many others, which is yeah. cool because like essentially that's due to your dad. Yeah. You know, it's not just you that he's impacted. Yeah. Because you have taken all of that on board, you're now impacting so many other people. Yeah, for sure. Amazing. And I think like you would – agree with the things you've been through in life and you almost get to a point where you're then like this is a piece of cake like showing up and running my podcast studio ain't no fucking thing literally (laughs) when you've been through real trauma (laughs) yeah you're like yeah okay business is slow or whatever yeah my post got no likes it's like okay cool but literally everyone I love currently is still alive since yesterday so I'm good <laughs> Legit, that's the vibe. Bit though. of dark humor, but anyway. Um, so I have some quick fire questions. There's only three, but okay. I'm just like, you know, a little curious. Oh, there's actually four. Shit. Oh no, there's actually three. God forbid. Which way is up? Okay, so gun to your head. Bang bang, motherfucker. Gun to your head. You have to give up one of these two things. Which would you choose? Podcast or YouTube? I'd say I'd give up YouTube. I think more people um, listen to the podcast, take it in. I think podcasts are a thing that, you know, YouTube is like you got to sit down and watch YouTube kind of, whereas yeah. like I think podcast people listen to them in all different ways. I think podcast just reaches more people. And obviously YouTube can, but for me personally, I would say podcast reaches yeah. more people. Yeah, interesting. So we manage both of those things for Ruby. Yeah. So, um, so if you could up the YouTube game. Yeah, yeah. It's a slow burn. Not really. You're actually killing it on YouTube as well. But anyway, um, second one, who's your favorite creator? We have actually talked about in the past the fact you're either a consumer or a creator. And given that you're a creator, you're probably not consuming a whole lot. So <laughs> what, I guess like what do you – what's your go-to content? Like are you a Netflix girl? Are you a – podcast girl 
What do you what do you like to consume? I feel like you have phases where you are like all about the consuming and then you have phases where you're like everyone get out. Yeah. I, I yeah, everyone I feel get that. out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I feel like sometimes you consume things in a really positive way where it's inspiring and it's cool and you're like, oh, this is awesome. And then if you're kind of navigating something in your business and you get too many external things coming in, you're like, get the fuck out. Yeah. Like uh, if you're navigating something where you're like, how am I going to run this program or whatever? And then you listen to a podcast where someone talks about running their program. You're like, oh yeah, let's do it that way. Yeah. And that's not a good thing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so I think you have, I have phases where I just want to take it all in and then block it all out. I like to consume super chilled, like TV shows. <laughs> like, like I do yes. obviously take in like um, business podcasts and masterclasses and all those things. Yeah. But in terms of switching off, like I can't do like crime shows or like hectic shit that's like, I've got enough hectic shit on my brain. Yeah. So to switch off and consume like that, Shaq and I will literally watch like Friends or like Parks and Recreation, like Modern Family. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Yeah. And literally would like, I'd say we've watched Friends like six times. Yeah. And then it's like, so good. Let's just watch Friends. Yeah. Cool. But I think when you are on all day, totally, you, that's like how you just switch off. And if you were in a like kind of let's go mindset, what are you consuming or who are you consuming? Yeah, I really, I do like the podcast. I like yours, obviously. I love Riley's. Yes. Um, I love like Boss Babe podcast. I think they do some cool shit. And sometimes I like to do ones of more like nutrition and training people yeah. and just hear their input and stuff yeah yeah cool i love that again yeah. didn't know those things about you yeah just get wow. to know me hashtag get to know me okay so it turns out i've turned two questions into one because i said what content do you like to consume the most and then i've also said who's your favorite creator <laughs> so those were two separate things and we've asked them all at once so we've ticked them all off and we're done off the hook so okay i'm gonna just say one final give you an opportunity to say this if you have anything come up, but like for someone listening, you know, who either wants to start a business, like as we know, it's like start a business, start a health journey, like fitness journey, whatever it is. What's your one piece of advice that you'd give them to like actually go after their goals? I think even like what we've spoken about today, like actually make sure you are doing the work. Don't get so caught up in the planning and that sort of shit. Like actually move the needle and go. Totally. Yeah. Because even when we think about that, like um, similar to like what we said, if people are like planning their launches and all those things, people can actually sell things like once and then be like, no one joined or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, you got to sell that. You got to show up. You got to do the thing. Yeah. All the time. Multiple times. Yeah. Awesome way to finish. Just what a great take home message, everyone. Do the damn thing. Do the damn thing. Well, thanks for coming on the pod. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. Farewell, everyone. Goodbye.